Um, I'm going to call on Aaron Knight, who's our new director of children's ministries and a couple other things, but the primary thing is children's ministries and uh, have her speak to you. Hey. Good morning. I am Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, as Joe says, among other things. But it says the Children's Ministries Director, I'll be talking to you this morning. Several announcements. First of all, I had intended to announce that we were going to start today checking in every child from infant to fifth grade for every program we have here. Wouldn't you know the day I intend to announce that? The Wi-Fi goes out and we've not been able to check in half the kids in this room. Uh, we'll have to prepare for that next time, but um, we will get that system running, and there are a lot of benefits to it. First of all is security. Obviously, that's always important, even in a place that feels as safe here as, as this does. Um, but there are other benefits as well. First of all, it'll help me learn your children's names, and that's a great benefit. Um, but I will also be starting in the fall to send um, little rewards for perfect attendance for the month. Um, this will help us track attendance and just know how well we're doing in enticing children to come to Sunday school and church. So we do want to start that in August as far as um, the reward system goes. Uh, and then there were a few other announcements. First of all, uh, if you have a rising third grader, I would like to get their name, make sure that I have a Bible for them on Promotion Sunday this year. Uh, we're really excited about that. My son got his third grade Bible last year, and I can tell you it's a really special thing. Your children have earned that by growing to a maturity level where they can read and begin to understand the Bible on their own. And of course, we'll support them in that as well. Uh, through a special class here, we'll be training the third graders in how to use those Bibles. Um, so if you could email me the name or sign up on the sign-up sheet in the back, my email is memorialumcaron at gmail.com. And we have some time to get that worked out. Next is um, Wonderful Wednesdays. So Wonderful Wednesdays is a program we have every, uh, morning, um, uh, every Wednesday morning in the summer through the end of July here. We've had a great time so far. So if you would like to bring your child this Wednesday, it starts at 9, goes to 11.30, and this week will be water play. So please bring your child dressed for getting wet. They need shoes that can get wet in a grassy field and sunblock on. Um, and if I were you bringing them home, you might want a change of clothes before they get into your car. We'll have fun, but I don't promise they won't be dripping after. Um, and we're studying Jonah. The theme this summer is um, a, a Bible Olympics. I'm going to set it backwards. Bible Olympics. Um, so Jonah is our hero this week, which will show us someone who got it right sometimes and other times did not, just like we do. Uh, finally... Um, there are new worship bags. You might have noticed as you came in, the kids um, are accustomed to grabbing bags back there on the tree. But this time there are two sets. The blue bags are better for those who want to read, take notes. There will be coloring pages in there as well. Um, but that will be a little more advanced for those kids who are looking for that. Then there'll be younger children's bags with um, coloring pages as usual. All the uh, materials in the bags will be um, now customized to match Joe's sermon and the season and other things going on this, this uh, Sunday. So that is the conclusion of my announcements, and I'm finishing my second week today with you all. Thank you for your support, and I'm really having a great time. Erin's not playing, if you all have uh, noticed. Um, she's doing a number of different things. She's also the church administrator and is helping us with a number of uh, excellent 
on digital structure things, she set up a way for us to do text to give, and we'll be you can text to give uh, to set up a one-time gift or a recurring gift for every uh, major account that we're going to have, and we'll um, be rolling that out uh, this summer. I think that is everything. Let's begin our service. Please stand and sing with us.
Please turn and greet your neighbor. We're asked to pray for a cousin who suffered a stroke and his wife who is responsible for his care. Uh, we also have, um, I'll share with you, a member of our church that's uh, very ill and in hospice care, Dr. Bridges, and his wife and uh, family are surrounding him as well. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for the opportunity this weekend and tomorrow to see so many fun family and friends. And in our joy, we consider those uh, soldiers who are around the world who can't be with their families this day, who are protecting us. We think about all those people that are traveling all those highways and on all those planes, and we ask for uh, your abiding presence and safety for them. We thank you for the ability to gather and worship together. And as we read of the text of uh, Moses, his people, their journey that was full of great uh, joy, great surprises, great conflict, great sadness, remind us, Lord, of your presence throughout. Bless us as we open your text, as we try to understand uh, your will, your purpose for our lives and our place in this story. Inspire us, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we continue today in our series on uh, creeks, lakes, and streams, times in which people uh, learn something major about themselves or about God in close proximity to water. Figuring uh, all summer long, y'all are going to be in different bodies of water, we thought it'd be interesting to pick out different texts in which we learn something critical. So chapter 15 of Exodus, starting with verse 1, is our text for the day. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. So here's your first phrase of the day, a song of thanksgiving. You know, those um, big time fun songs when you're feeling truly great and you're singing along in the car 
and a stoplight comes along and you keep going on with that song and then you notice that somebody beside you is looking. Maybe you tone it down, maybe you keep going. This, uh, this high emotion, high energy, so grateful and so happy is what's going on at the beginning of this text. And you remember week one, basically all we talked about was noticing water and being thankful for it in referencing uh, Genesis and the creation and how uh, the water came up from the garden. The big thing we focus on in the garden is what Adam and Eve did with the tree, what they did with the snake, what they did, and then we got... If you looked at the creation story and saw that water and it all came from that water and continues to come from that water, this gratitude... Thankfulness for what they see and what's been done is evident in these people's lives right now. But the gratitude is also extended to their escape. Not only is the water critical to their life, it also parted so that they could get through and closed back in so that they could get away. So they're grateful uh, twice over. I like how they say our prayer, our praise goes way back. Uh, you know, my father, my father's father, his father's father. We all praised our God for this. Then in verse 20, Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. Here's your second phrase. We're breaking out the timbrel. We've got the tambourine. You know, uh, there's, there's not many times when you see a band with a person that has dedicated solely to a tambourine. You know, a lot of times it's, um, if it is, it's a singer or it's somebody that they invited to come up and join them and just give them that. Uh, many times people have joked of, uh, you, know, ma- you know, maybe the minister should get up there one time or another, which I've also said would no question be um, traction by addition. I would think the best thing I could do is be the timbrel. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the tambourine, maybe, if I can stay on the beat. But these people are hitting it hard. Remember that awesome SNL bit where the cowbell? That was one of the great bits of all time. Will Ferrell just pounding on that cowbell, excited to be there. These people are singing a big-time song, and they're all joining in, and it's all in celebration of God and God's deliverance and God's um, giving them water in order to survive. Miriam is deeply connected uh, by blood and by uh, going through this trial with them to the pain in Egypt, to the escape, and now to the journey. And so the major leaders of this story are all celebrating Verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled into the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? So here's your next phrase, for three days. Most of the time when you see that, it's a frightening thing. It's a confusing thing. It's a painful thing. You know, these numbers that occur throughout the Bible over and over and over again. You think like if you've gone a good uh, half day without something to drink, how are you doing? 
If you, uh, I, you know, I, I know we had people at Sakahatchee. I had friends at Sakahatchee. They were on roofs. They had to be on the roof at 5 in the morning so that the heat wouldn't beat on them. Imagine you're in the desert, and it's been 24 hours. It's, been, it's making me thirsty thinking about it. 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours. And then the water that you find is gross. You know, like if you have a dog bowl on the outside of your house for your dog, and he thinks, oh, this is an excellent source of water, but there's been pine straw and all kinds of stuff in it, and no, this isn't any good. They have waited for water, and now the water that they found is bitter. And the level of hopelessness escalates quickly in 72 hours. So let me give you a uh, um, couple images. Have you flown out of the Atlanta airport? Have you made a connection in the Atlanta airport? How'd that go? Was it, was it great? Was it fun? Was it easy? Did you go from Terminal E to Terminal A and you had 29 minutes to get it done? And they had something to do with your luggage and you had to tote that luggage and you had to fly it out and then there were people going by you on the cart just kind of easing by you? Um, have you been on the interstate in a holiday weekend? How, how'd that go? You like to get on 85? You like to get on 26? Um, there are times in your life that were, in many cases, supposed to be fun. But if I ask you about that trip, there's something that's going to come to mind for you. You go, um, somebody says, hey, we're going out to Colorado this summer. Where are you flying into? I'm flying to Denver Airport. Uh, here we go. Let me tell you a story about the Denver Airport. And that thing comes immediately up to the top of your head. I can tell you that tendency of people, if something happens, that that is the thing that they remember, is the thing that inspires the most fear in me as a minister and developer of worship services or events or whatever it may be. I'm looking to not have that one thing where people are like, oh, and say, how was the picnic? Oh, let me tell you how the picnic was. They had enough hamburgers. And when they didn't have enough hamburgers, then we had to wait 45 minutes to get more hamburgers. Not that I do that mocking voice when I'm talking about memorial people. That was, that was more the, um, that was the, that was more what the wife, the wife impersonation of the husband. That's a, that's a solid wife impersonation of the husband. That's what he said. That fear that there'll be something that catches you, and that's the only thing that you remember. The reason I want to emphasize how hard the people were celebrating is to then show how quickly they then go, what, what are we doing, Moses? You bring us out here to die? What does Moses always want to do when that happens? What, what are you doing to me, God? You give me these people and you put me out in this place, bring us all out here to die, and then I look stupid? Like that. So fast. Verse 25. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. I'll be honest, that, that's crazy. When I read that, every time I read something like that, it's crazy, but, you know, it happened. God has that power. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes... 
If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there was twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped near the water. So how many days were they without water? How many springs were there? Twelve. You notice every time in a story, just notice those numbers and then notice how those numbers stack up in other stories and what they mean. It's always an interesting thing to see as a storyteller and story hearer. So the last phrase, the fight against bitterness. Um, when we think God is up there keeping track of every mistake we make and judging us and we probably should never claim to know anything or do anything because God thinks he can't do anything. When we figure that God is all about rules and pinning us in and you can only go from here to here and you can't talk to these people, what was the first thing that happened? God gave them that piece of wood that went in the water that made the water what? Drinkable. God gave them a major resource and then said, if you can stay within these boundaries, our relationship can flourish. People tend to focus on one of other things. Would they focus on the miracle of the water, or after that story would they say, uh, we were wandering around for three days, didn't even know anything, and then then we had bitter water. So the fight against bitterness, to me, can be about them trying to find that water. I think it's a much higher level. How do we perceive the world and how do we perceive things that come into our lives that are difficult? Do we see them as the major thing, the major story, the thing to share about what happened? Or we see them as a minor blip on the screen in the midst of amazing provision on behalf of our God? I think, we, I think it probably goes day to day. And it probably has something to do with whether we're rested or not and whether we've had something to eat or not, directly tied to whether we're grateful or not. So imagine the build-up to the meal of Holy Communion. Imagine how great things were in the Sea of Galilee and all those times in which Jesus was healing, feeding, bringing people in. Imagine they're going the next day. He's going to be tried. He's going to be found guilty. It's going to be totally stacked against him. Do you think those guys who gave their lives for that year to three years could be bitter? Do you think they could say, well, we can't win, and I don't know if there's any purpose to this, and if they're going to do this to him, we might as well side, side up with them. When you come forward to the table, I want you to consider if after this meal you were going to lose Jesus, You were now going to be on the forefront. It was probably potentially going to cost you your life. And could you be as committed as they were at their best? The only way you can is not by being a perfect Christian and thinking, I'm going to be the epitome of anything Jesus ever wanted me to be. The only way you can is to realize provision goes before me and is greater than anything that can stop me. It is. God loves me completely, cares for me deeply, and has provided one of many paths 
for me. And each day I'm going to rise and be thankful for that, regardless of whether it's been a couple days if I've had something or not. I'm going to remember God's love that preceded my action or thought. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to sing great songs of thanksgiving. Help us to proclaim your name with great enthusiasm. Help us to sing about you and be happy about you in a way as if no one were watching. We were driving along the road listening to our favorite song. And when we have one day or two days or three days or seven days where there's uncertainty or pain or conflict, help us, Lord, not to identify those three with you, but rather with the free will that exists in this life. Help us to identify you with provision, with love that goes before us, with mercy, with peace. And help us in our actions and in our words to celebrate those gifts that you give us in everything that we do. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand and join me in our modern affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, we are not. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to remind, remain standing for the first part of our communion liturgy that uh, can be found on your screen. If you'll respond with the bold. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Announcing publicly, corporately, all of us in one group that we've all struggled, we've all fallen short, is really important. Understanding that you're not alone in falling short and understanding that you are not the one among the group that it hasn't done anything wrong. But understanding as well, corporately, that you are forgiven, that we have a common purpose, and that we have a place at this table based on God's love is important as well.
hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. If y'all will turn and greet one another with signs of peace and reconciliation. And if the band will come forward. And you may be seated. It's now time for our offering. Um, and as I briefly mentioned before, very soon we're going to be able uh, for you to be able to uh, text to give. I've never had more than about $3 in my wallet, I think, in the last 15 years. Um, but I can always text someone. Uh, so that's uh, coming very shortly. And you'll also be able to set a recurring. So you, like, you won't see the Kate family give cash or check anymore because it'll just be uh, rolling. Very excited about that. I'm kind of homesick for a country to which I
shell in inside this just a who are going to serve with me. Bob and Bobby McQuaid have lived their lives in ministry and they teach on Sunday nights during the program year. I would invite you to come because you're going to learn something by the end of the night. It's going to be a radically different teaching style between the two of them. Um, but the one constant is we always learn something. Appreciate you all serving today. I love how simple the elements are. Jesus took very simple elements and made a very important promise and drew those disciples into that promise for a covenant going forward from that day. He took the bread and he broke it and he said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the dinner, he took the cup and he said, Take this. Remember it always. Serve it always. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In the United Methodist Church, anyone who wants to come forward for Holy Communion is welcome to do so. We serve by intention, meaning one of our uh, servers will give you a piece of bread, and you dip it into the cup and then eat it. We have um, gluten-free elements, should you need them. Make sure you come by and get that. We'll come by the center aisle and be served and go back to your seat uh, by the outside aisle. As you come by, our servers will say, the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Remember that covenant 
just as those disciples were given that word. You may come forward.
Let us pray. Father, we thank you for inviting us to your table. Remind us each and every day that we sit around tables with other people, our family, our coworkers, our loved ones, friends. Every time we sit around a table, we have an opportunity to share your love just with simple uh, expressions of your generosity. We thank you for this covenant you have offered us, and we ask that you strengthen us and guide us in the fulfillment of that covenant. Amen. Please stand for our final song.